Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the goddess Aphrodite. I have been telling you how I built my house on nine posts because I wanted my home to rest upon goddess energy. So, moving in the Jeshil or Sunwise direction, I come next to the southeast post, which I dedicated to Aphrodite. After all, who wouldn't want Aphrodite's love and beauty to be foundational elements in one's home? But Aphrodite is much more than just the Greek goddess of beauty and sexual love. In fact, Aphrodite was not even originally Greek, but a descendant of Middle Eastern creator goddesses like Inanna and Ishtar. She became the creator goddess of the Eastern Mediterranean. From there, she took to the sea and traveled throughout the islands, especially to Cyprus, which was a major center for her worship. Here, she was called Mary, the sea, and Stella Maris, star of the sea. The name Aphrodite, which means foam-born, became her most popular name. It referred to her powers of creativity and generation. People observed that the churning motion of ocean waves created the material substance of foam, and foam became a symbol of Aphrodite's power to create the material manifest world out of the water of the sea, her womb. There is so much to say about Aphrodite, much more than we have time for here. For example, Aphrodite was also called the Brilliant One, the Golden One, radiating grace. She was likened to the beauty of sunlight and the sun's ability to dazzle. She was, in fact, a sun goddess, and depictions of her holding up a mirror to reflect her beauty confirm this attribute, for the mirror was a universal emblem of the sun. Aphrodite was also descended from the ancient bird goddess. Her avatars included the swan and the dove. The bird goddess represented the fertility and perpetuity of life, for she laid the egg which hatched into the bird, which laid the egg which hatched into the bird, and so on and so on. But perpetuity depended upon a fertilized egg, and a fertilized egg was only possible through sexuality. Thus, our ancestors venerated sexuality as the sacred spark which ignited the next generation. Sexuality was the gift of Aphrodite, inspiring the necessary mating urge. As societies developed, many sexual rituals were created to honor Aphrodite and celebrate her gifts of pleasure and fertility. One such ritual was the Heros Gamos, the sacred marriage, in which priestesses, the Hatairai in Greek culture, who were high-born aristocratic women, performed sacred and ceremonial sexual intercourse with men to honor Aphrodite and bring prosperity to the land. There were also Aphrodite temples where couples could perform the sacred rites of sexual intercourse with each other to please and praise Aphrodite. As we say in the charge of the goddess today, all rites of pleasure are her sacraments. It is hard for us to understand just how healthy and necessary sexuality was believed to be to the ongoing cycle of life, death, and regeneration, let alone how it could be viewed as a sacrament. Early Christian iconoclasts, believing that the pleasures of the flesh distracted people from the salvation of their souls, destroyed most of Aphrodite's temples and shrines. 
but her popularity persisted, and the church finally had to canonize her as Saint Aphrodite to keep people's worship of her within the church. To this day, on Aphrodite's sacred island of Cyprus, the Virgin Mary is still hailed as Panagia Aphroditessa, all holy Aphrodite, and prayed to for help with fertility and childbirth. In Aphrodite's corner in my house, I have a small antique clawfoot bathtub to honor her seaborne sensuality. The tub has gold painted feet to honor Aphrodite the Golden One, and a creamy white body like Aphrodite's foam born bounty to bless my home with beauty and pleasure. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley. 